Mission special because you demanded it. We, you did demand it, listeners, because you've been like, when are we going to get a reunion? When are we going to get a reunion? When are we getting these po' boys back together? Yeah, and people have been like, it seems like they haven't seen each other for a bit. Almost as if they took a hiatus, even though they're still putting out episodes. Yeah, it's almost like they banked them, but you can tell that it's from the past and stuff. And it's it's one of those, it's a double-edged sword, of course, because... Um, we obviously both have a lot of other projects we're involved with that we're both very passionate about separately, but it's like, you know, whether I'm at an event for my clothing line, whether I am at the opening of a new gym to show how all the equipment works, you know, people will come for that, but no matter what the event is, it's always, always someone inevitably asks when Poboy's getting back together though, like when are you getting back together with Pete, when are we going to get a reunion, a Poboy's reunion? And people do say that, and they do post on our Twitter about that. And we have to say, listen, Po'Boys is about the Po'Boys brand. We're not going to be talking about all of our other different companies, all of our other different um, organizations. When we're doing Po'Boys, that's it. All right, we're gonna giving you that sweet, sweet content, and with those hot, hot, hot takes. Yeah, exactly. And it, we, we needed to wait until we were in a spot where we could make sure that a Po' Boys reunion lived up to the incredibly high standards that have been set for Po' Boys episodes that the fans have come to know and love. And so we, you know, it, it, it took a minute, but for, you know, the 40th anniversary seemed like the stars were aligning. And so here we are for our big 40th anniversary Po' Boys reunion panel special because you, the fans, demanded it. It couldn't have happened without you, and your vocal support um, really made this a priority when otherwise it, it might have been harder to focus on it, you know, but you really kept us focused, and, and you kept reminding us and asking us, and so it was always on our mind. Hounding us, literally, like, we could not... Yeah, just... just po- we couldn't, we couldn't post anything on Instagram without people being like... When's the band getting back together? When's the yeah, band getting back together? About it. Yeah. And by idiots, we, <laughs> we, we, we mean all those great, great fans. Um, mm-hmm. Because 2020 is hashtag for the fans. And it, 2020 is hashtag for the fans. And so as much as we're getting hounded about the reunion, we're also getting a lot of... Um, it's, it's September now. and Boy, is it. You know, fiscal year 21 starts October 1. So we've got a lot of people out there concerned that it's fiscal year 2020 for the fans. Uh, I can officially confirm here today, it's calendar year 2020 for the fans. And so you still have, you know, uh, the better part of four months left for the fans. And this calendar year 2020. This year cannot end soon enough for some people, Mm -hmm. not for us. I mean, we Mm -hmm. we're we're we got big life events coming on. Um, Josh, you. Um, got something new. I moved. Oh, yeah, okay. I was going to say a new tank top for the workouts, but that's cool, too, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I did no, get no. a cool new Jurassic Park shirt. Yeah, that's that's mainly Too what I was... cool Jurassic Park shirts, actually. That's mainly what I was talking about. But, yeah, you got a new house. Um, how well, I moved. Into a new house. Um, yeah, I mean, I moved. I don't know if you can tell from... I probably sound echoier. 
Yeah, that's a, anything on the walls yet. So. The, are you gonna do? So this is your office, or this is your second bedroom that you're podcasting in? I'm in the guest room right now. We have too much crap in the office, and by we, I mean me, my guitar amps, and my keyboard, and all my graphic novels. <laughs> My graphic novels. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I, mean, I really got to figure out what to do about that. Have you contemplated? I a lot. Oh really? Yeah, I ditched a lot of stuff in the move, and I, I um. Did you sell you know, it or? Into, like, a oh, you tra- traded it in. Well, okay. yeah. I mean, for the yeah, there was like movies and stuff. I traded in it. There's this used bookstore, music store type of chain. It's called Second and Charles. I don't know. Um, Never heard of it. Yeah, they're not they're not the most prolific chain, but there's multiple locations I think on the East Coast, and we have we have two near us actually, um, and so yeah, I was able to um, trace stuff in and, and grab a few uh, things for like a tenth of the value of what I traded them. Which also look, let me get on my soapbox real quick because this is a reunion special we're being. Yeah, committed. all right, step up, step up, like, step up to the plate. So I I'm big on first off. Um, I, I, I'm, I collect a lot of things. I just, I'm bad about accruing stuff I don't need. Uh, and then I'm also bad about just deciding arbitrarily I'm going to purge half of what I own. And so in doing that, you know, I donate a lot of stuff to those. There's a local thrift store here that, um, proceeds of which go to, to go to good causes and stuff. And so I'll donate some stuff there, but I also do a lot of trade-ins mm-hmm. and there's always people I think when do trade-ins like the GameStop thing too. GameStop, look, GameStop sucks. But it's the whole trade-in of like, all right, I'm trading in this $60 game. I can't believe you're only going to give me $8 for it. But like, uh-huh. you're paying them to take that for you. Like, that's part of what you have to keep in mind. We're trading stuff in. They're giving, they're doing a convenience for you. Like, part of that, you're paying them to hold your junk. It's not like you give it to them and they immediately sell it and it sells no matter what, you know, uh-huh. anyway. Um, I'm in the guest room. Okay, and I um, switched apartments um, early in the pandemic, so this is actually the first episode since the pandemic started that I'm back in my in the city that I live in. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm very curious what the quality is going to sound like on I, both of our sides. Yeah, it'll it'll be curious. It'll be curious because this yeah the house is very echoey right now because there's just there's nothing on the walls. We don't have any rugs down or anything, so we'll see. I turned the AC off. It's a quieter house than the last one for sure. So oh yeah, I mean people people thought that you lived in a hustle and bustle in city, and in fact mm-hmm. you just had hipsters constantly on the move all over the place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the walls. <laughs> They're um, in the walls, Josh. <laughs> so, but we we talked a bit about what we wanted to to do this week, and we had planned on doing Book Boys about book, book, um, book boys. the rise of Kylo Ren because we did the theater for it that aired last week, and we recorded it like a month ago. But it aired last week. We did Po Boy Theater of the first issue of the Rise of Kylo Ren, and then we've since both read it, so we were going to discuss it. But uh, weirdly. <laughs> Almost the second we stopped recording Bo Voice Week to Week, I actually started interacting with a lot more Star Wars. Um, Which your summer had been very light on it. 
Yeah, I mean, for a long time, I had been, I mean, well, Clone Wars and stuff, as, as Clone Wars was airing, but I think after Clone Wars ended, um, I really wasn't week to week seeking out much Star Wars content. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I just, you know, needed a breather. Um, but, you know, I had a lot of stuff going on um, in my life where I was just very busy. I mean, nothing bad. I was just busy. Yeah, was, I mean, and just like humble, humble brag, you know, we we as po'boys have known, we've got a lot of things going on in terms of life, in terms of relationships, in terms mm-hmm. of just where we're at mentally and physically. So, like, long-time listeners, first-time listeners, um, welcome. We are very, very swole. We are very, very uh-huh. big. And uh-huh. that is not something that we you you don't create Rome in a day. Um, it takes about three to four days of our workout routine. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. And we honestly, it's kind of one of those things. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Snowpiercer, listeners. But it's kind of like if we stop, we die. And we kind like of a shark. yeah, and like a shark. Um, we are the sharks of the po boys of the Star Wars um, podcasting. And we're just constantly on the move, um, just doing mm-hmm. things left and right. Like I've already done three, four activities today alone, and I was, mm-hmm. I, you know, I wasn't even breaking a sweat. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So and so all that is to say, um, I had all, all kinds of ideas of stuff I wanted to watch or games I wanted to play, uh, but. You know, my girlfriend and I's anniversary rolled around last month, and we usually watch a Star Wars movie. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Uh, and it's usually Empire Strikes Back or Force Awakens. Those are our favorites. Sometimes it'll be the original. Uh, but it's just, we weren't feeling any of those. I guess because maybe we watched them a lot. And we somehow ended up watching The Phantom Menace. Oh. Over our anniversary. Well... If I remember correctly, the timing of it is we did Poe Boys face-to-face and recorded mm-hmm. a bunch of episodes, and we played Pod Racer. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Which is w- and I think that did actually play into it, because my girlfriend was like, oh, Pod Racer is cool. <laughs> this music is really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's, I mean, not to throw myself into your life, but I thought that that was kind of a, a, a catalyst. I, no, I think you're right, because she was the one who suggested it, and I think that did, that did inspire it. But, so yeah. we, you know, I went from really not interacting with much Star Wars content at all to we rewatched all 11 of the movies mm-hmm. um, over the, the preceding few weeks. Um, the first movie we watched in, in the new house, it was Last Jedi. I was so freaking, we were so busy, but I was just so determined that it would not be Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> There's no way Rise of Skywalker is going to be the first movie I watch in this freaking house. Um, but, yeah, so it, it took a lot of Star Wars. And then, weirdly, in addition to that, um, I beat The Last of Us 2, and I really enjoyed that. And then this new game, Ghost of Tsushima, came out, and I really wanted to play that, and I found a copy, and I started playing it, and there's a bit of a learning curve, and I just wasn't you know i just didn't want to put in the effort to learn a video game with everything else i had going on and i weirdly fell back and replayed all of jedi fallen order which is a game that i did not really love the first time i played it yeah and we but i just beat it again a few days ago i think that 
I had had a better experience with it than you did. Well, and I have to say, second time around, I liked it a lot. Did, so did you adjust the difficulty, or you're still... I turned the difficulty up. The first time I played it... You played the it, first time I played it on cupcake we mode. Were, there was, right, there was so much Star Wars stuff coming out, and you and I were going to cover for the podcast, and it it felt like it, it was really marketing. I mean, they had a whole, the big panel for that day at Star Wars Celebration was Jedi Fallen Order. Like, they really pushed it as yeah, if it were for a sure. movie or another, you know. Um, and I think there was just a lot of weight put on it. And I, I don't know. I think I had, like, different impressions of, of what it would be or the scope of it or something. I don't know. And I don't, it's a familiar enough story, like that era. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just rushing through it because I felt like I needed to know the story. So, like, I played on the easier difficulty and everything. This time I played on um, normal difficulty. Uh, and I think, like, now, I say a lot of times, um, I think you can learn a lot about a movie or, or a, you know, a piece of storytelling when you rewatch it. Because I think the first time you watch something, you're watching for what it does. Mm-hmm. And then the second time you watch it, you're able to see how good it does what it does. You know, how good it it makes the decisions it makes you know so if, if a movie doesn't go somewhere you expect but then you know where it's going the second time around you know stuff like that and so i i gotta say i really liked that game this time around um i mean cal castus is still not gonna be like my favorite character of all time but i do think there is something to his he's kind of just a quieter maybe like more understated guy um and seer Continue to be a great presence, and I really like the second sister. I think her character is really cool. I would love for that character to show up somewhere else, and I really enjoyed the art direction. I hate the temple, still. I hate that, but I yeah, I really liked that freaking game. I gotta say, I'm surprised as anybody. Um, and so I was playing that on top of. Rewatching all the Star Wars movies, uh-huh. um, and then I also read um, the second hardcover collection of Darth Vader by Charles Soule, um, a portion of which I sent you the trade paperback version of Fortress Vader. Okay. Um, so I read that as well. So it's it's been a, a heaping helping of Star Wars content since we last spoke. Mm-hmm. And there's also been, a, you know, a decent amount of Star Wars news. You and I have had um, brief conversations about um, Star Wars happenings that have been in the zeitgeist. And so, yeah, I just felt like there's a lot to catch up on. And for, um, for me, um, uh, just the way that our editing goes down... I had the back end of it, so I've been thinking about Star Wars a lot as, mm. you know, we finish up the, the summer Olympics and did um, Poboy Theater. Um, but other than that, it hasn't really been much of a connection. I mean, we've talked a little bit about some news here and there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm starting school back up, and um, a bunch of people know me as um, not Pete. Mr. Star Wars. Yeah, um, and, and and I try to you know not say Mr. Star Wars because then they're like get intimidated um, because I once went with some coworkers to see Rogue One and mm-hmm. they were like is that Darth Maul and then I like went into a whole diatribe like well actually Darth Maul was resurrected in the Clone Wars blah 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 in this season and then they looked at me like I'm like some alien so I try not to um, flex all that much 
Um, but yeah, there's been some, there's been some, definitely some happenings. Um, not as much stuff as you would think. Because um, for a moment there, you had floated that you would also try and rewatch everything. Oh, I don't remember that at all, but uh, okay. Yeah, when I first texted you that Kristen and I were going to rewatch stuff, you are like, oh yeah, maybe I'll do it too before we record again. <laughs> I, definitely, uh, I, d- I definitely did not do that. If anything, I kind of wanted to watch um, Resistance again. Just because um, friend of the show, first po' boy of the week, um, Christopher Sean um, got that Nightwing in that new um, yeah, Gotham Knights. Yeah, so I'm very game. excited for him to get that. He's super. He's yeah. I, he's gonna be great. At that. I mean, honestly, I I don't know about you, but I will pay to see that guy at every single celebration, as long as <laughs> as long as we're going to that. Just sure. just to interact with that guy. He's. I mean, he's probably one of my top five, if not one of the my favorite people in the Star Wars cast for sure. Yeah, he's a delight, and I don't. I mean, I don't know how much you know about Nightwing or how familiar with that character. Some folks will compare him to like DC's Spider-Man because he has a similar sort of um, very optimistic kind of vibe. Oh, really? I, think, I mean, I think I think Christopher Sean is the perfect choice for that character. I think he'll be a very, very good Dick Grayson. Okay, for sure. I, so I'm very excited to see his performance as that character I've, because I really like Nightwing. I've always thought Nightwing is having more teenage angst than any Spider-Man had, but um, more, Jason Todd, second Robin, he got a lot of angst. Okay. <laughs> well, um, so there was that. There was that little bit of good news for Christopher. Um, mm-hmm. We still have. Do not. We have a Mandalorian release date, but we don't have a trailer. Yeah, so season two Mandalorian, October thirtieth. I'm kind of. I mean, I'd be fine if they didn't do a trailer. Yeah, I don't even remember much of what the trailer in the first one was. Like, I don't remember it revealing it. I know that the trailer. Did... I mean, we got we got Werner Herzog's voiceover. That's for sure. <laughs> Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. They got we got that beaten to our head. <laughs> you said that so many times in this pod. <laughs> Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Complicated profession. I would like to see the baby now. Podcasting uh, is I, a complicated profession. Um, I'd be cool if we didn't get a trailer. I don't know. I'm I'm excited though. I, I I'm I'm very excited. For that. I think the only thing I'd really like to see with that is um, teasers of like Rex, Ahsoka. If we do see, you know, like and, like yeah. maybe like a and part of me. Maybe like a Leku or something, or you know, like just like a like some B, some B roll of like an old beard. Like I don't need, I don't, I don't need like an iconic scene. I just need to know like, oh, there it is. Sure, There's her sure. Leku. Um, I and so I, I guess it's maybe it's weirdly counterintuitively the fact that like. There's a new Christopher Nolan movie out, but I am not comfortable going to see it. And, you know, Black Widow didn't come out. James Bond didn't come out. We're not getting a lot of um, content right now because of the state of the world. Right. Weirdly, counterintuitively, that leads me to want less of a preview of it um, and to just really be able to be excited and surprised when it comes out. I mean, to be fair, I could just not watch a trailer if it came out, but I'll probably do that. I mean, we're obviously, you're obviously going to watch it because, like, four or five people are going to text you about the trailer, but that does leave a really interesting conversation of movies. 
of mm-hmm. like Mulan came out this weekend, I think. Yes. Um, yeah, the so fourth, fourth. So we're recording over Memorial Day weekend, and mm-hmm. it's like thirty Labor Day. Sorry, yes. Um, so we're at like thirty-two dollars. Oh my gosh, there's two butterflies fighting outside my window. Um, name one Pete, another Josh, and then let me know how it turns out. Um, but it, wow, it's thirty-two dollars to rent Mulan right now. Holy crap! I thought it was only thirty, but well, I mean, is there a huge difference between thirty and thirty-two dollars? Honestly, I paid twenty for Bill and Ted, so. Yeah, and I put I paid like seventeen or eighteen for King of Staten Island. Oh. Um, so I I mean I'm really curious how other people are kind of viewing this. I feel like if you have a big family, it's definitely worth it because you're you would pay more at the theater. Even even yeah, I mean that's very true. Because uh, I mean, arguably, even if it's just two people, um, well, I mean, I guess depending on the theater you go to, fifteen dollars a movie ticket's a little more than we would pay. Yeah. And like I, I had the AMC A list, so like I paid twenty three right. bucks for twelve movies a month. So, you know, I'm not. I don't know. It it, it is curious to think of where we're at with that because I really want to see Tenant. Um, and I same man. I, I'd like to see um, Wonder Woman. I'd like to see Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah. So we don't. We have um, October thirtieth, I believe, is when. It's premiering. Yep, that'll be cool. Um, so then we'll be we'll be bringing Pedro Boys season two. That'll be exciting. Change up the theme again. Um, oh, do I have to do it this time? No, it'll be the Pedro Boys. Theme. Oh, I thought you were saying that you were gonna do a season two theme for Pedro Boys. Oh, no. because I mean I have access to recorders at the school I work at, so I could definitely try <laughs> try and uh, do some recording some recording for that. Um, since uh, that wow, so Pedro Boys season two episode one will come out post election day, that Thursday, the Thursday after the election. Uh, the presidential, the U.S. election. Um, you know, we're both in the U.S., mm-hmm. so um, that'll be. Oh, I don't think they knew that. Well, I mean, we got some international listeners um, from from different places because I was joking that hash, we're we're very clearly American. We're very. I mean, I, I consider myself to be kind of a world traveler. Um, and it's it shows in your voice. <laughs> We both sound like we could be anything other than American. <laughs> well, I, and the way that we're the way that we're constantly talking over each other also shows that we are maybe not American. Well, the other thing too is um, I don't like to uh, um, take over cultures, so I am just I'm just me, you know. I'm just a po' boy of mm-hmm. note. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, got a lot of got a lot of a lot of different people that are, can be included in the Po Boy Nation, which does mm-hmm. um, bring me to something I wanted to talk about. Is oh, no. um, there was an article I think in GQ of John Boyega being like, I uh, yeah. So let's talk about this. Um, so was it GQ? I think it was GQ, like UK. Okay. And he he made the the comment that he was the only person whose role was racialized um, in the reboot, and that um, did you read the I, did you read it? So I 
Yeah, hold on. I'm dorking around with my phone to, to get back. To and it. for for uh, those listeners that don't know a whole lot about John Boyega, he it was not his role. It was I'm the only cast member whose experience of Star Wars was based on their race because of from what I read the um, death threats and things like that that were received when that first trailer came out Thanksgiving of 2014 and everybody being like, you can't have a black stormtrooper and and stuff like that. Wow. That is, it's insane to think that was six years ago that we were having those issues. And like, you could have said that from today and I would still like, there's been no progress that has happened, I believe, in cinema, really, since over the last six years. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I guess you could potentially argue that there's been a backslide. I can't help but wonder how much of it is just... uh, Not just, but how how much of it is tied to... um, the platform afforded to people, you know, like, like what percentage of moviegoers does the vitriolic scum of social media truly represent? I would say a minority. It's just, which is not to say that it's not a huge problem and that it's not utterly disgusting, but I wonder if it is just, if again, not just, I don't know. I'm really putting my foot in my mouth here. I can't help but wonder how much of it is just an emboldened, minority just just more and more of them coming on to, to social media and stuff like that but it does seem like it's gotten worse but or maybe it's just that we're shining more of a light on it now you know we're catching more cockroaches before they scurry up uh-huh. and that it's always been this bad but now people are are paying attention but you i mean you make a good point yeah well the the, the thing uh, too is like with the way with the twitter interacts is that polarization gets likes and gets noticed yeah. so like there's an immediacy to it of, you know, John Boyega says something and then racist Star Wars fans are making comments or just racist in general. So, I mean, that can be really debilitating to somebody if you post something out in, out into the you know universe with some good vibes and then you get that back. And we, I mean, Josh, you were talking about this years ago of how in China... Star Wars had to diminish the role of John Boyega because of uh, what they like. They didn't show him on like um, posters and stuff. Oh, I guess that sounds familiar. Oh, you don't remember this? Um, basically, they there's a level of race that plays that you really can't show. Yeah. Um, yeah. December fourth, twenty fifteen. Here. Star Wars China poster shrinks black character. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of sucks too, because like when you go into a Star Wars role, right? Like that is something that you're an iconic person. People reference you, you know, for years to come. So like, I, well, you've seen this movie now 19 times. Um, po- Poe's love interest in episode nine, um, the woman from, um, the Americans. Carrie Russell. Carrie um, Russell. Tori. Zori. Zori Bliss. Yeah, Zori Bliss. That, oh. oh my gosh, that's a terrible name. Um, anyway, but she had a really good experience. Like, her children 
were on set. Um, they really love that their mother was in Star Wars. Um, and it sounds like she had a relatively positive experience. And it's not just because, you know, she only had like three scenes in it, but it's also due to the fact that she is something that people have become accustomed to. And it's something that they feel is safe. And it's just, it's just unfortunate that people, you know, can't allow persons of color that are in these roles that should be a dream role for them. You know, like he was the first minority, um, the first black lead role in a star Wars film and just all this terrible, terrible stuff happens. I mean, I don't know if the GQ article talked about it, but you know, we've talked about all the stuff that happened to Kelly Marie Tran. Um, right. and just all. The- and so I do have to, yeah, I do. Cause I do have to say his comments that, and again, I mean, look, I'm a white guy, never been in a movie. I don't know anything about anything. It, I, I did kind of immediately think based on this comments in the interview, like, well, what about, Kelly Marie Tran, because she also had uh, an incredibly negative experience. Mm-hmm. It's really, really gross and really um, distressing. Yeah, it sucks. Because, I mean, I, you know, we're rewatching, you know, the sequel trilogy, and John Boyega to me is not just of the sequel trilogy, genuinely of all of Star Wars, the heart and soul of that franchise. Nobody makes me feel. When he hugs somebody in any of those movies, you know, or when he really puts, you know, you can tell he cares about people in a way that you don't get from any other Star Wars character in the prequel trilogy, in the original trilogy. He just, his, he is, he is the heart and soul of those movies. Um, Well, and it's also like good or bad, you know, Daisy Ridley has, um, cordoned herself off from the public at large. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I feel like Natalie Portman did that um, after the her trilogy was done. But, like, this is a guy that, like, was a fan, went out and engaged with people, and just... Yeah, I mean, we saw him on the show floor. Yeah. In celebration. And he's just, a, you know, he gives so much out and then just to kind of receive all that stuff um, and all that hate is, I don't know, I, it's disheartening, but um, I really hope that yeah. when, and you know, this is, this is, a, it's a, it's a when, not if um, they do their, you know, fast forward 10, 20 years that he is comfortable and, um, Disney makes some steps to help him so that he can, you know, come back and be in a movie with Daisy, mm-hmm. a movie with Oscar, etc. I do hope so, but that, so that segues us into the other big, um, headlining portion of that interview he did with GQ, where he talks about Disney's sidelining characters mm-hmm. of color, which is inarguable. Like you, you can't, you can't argue that. Now, I haven't read the entire interview, so I don't know if he's also referring to The Last Jedi. I think there might be um, some implications in there, but I can't speak to that because I haven't read the whole interview. Um, but certainly in Rise of Skywalker. And because uh, when I... My my girlfriend is 
we both really love Finn. Um, we were watching Last Jedi, and there's a part where Finn is prepared to sacrifice himself on the on the Battle of Crate. And Kristen said, it may as well have just killed him there for all they gave him to do in Rise of Skywalker. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. Well, she's, I mean, look, she, again, like we, in this household, we stand John Boyega. And so his, you know, the less and less he gets to do in those movies, we, we are a household that grows increasingly frustrated with that. Um, but I... And I know a lot of people say that he has nothing to do in Last Jedi. No, um, he he had I, he's like part of the reason that everything goes to hell. Like so many things are are oh his yeah, fault. That's which true. it's so look. There are two people to blame for Last Jedi. I will get to this in a moment. Um, I think I think I am not. I don't notice it as much that he is perhaps in a reduced role in Last Jedi because to me his story arc in that movie. Um, is very relatable it's, to me. I find I'm a hard person. I, I have a hard time um, well, it's, getting behind, like committing to something bigger than myself. I'm a very skeptical person, I guess. And so his whole arc in that movie is is ultimately deciding to commit to something bigger than himself and trusting that cause. And so I, I really like his story arc in that movie, reduced as it is, and you know, it's. I mean, it's very clear Ryan Johnson just wanted to make a movie about Kylo Ren, and he did that. Um, and then, yeah, Rise of Skywalker, obviously, he, he has almost nothing to do. Yeah, and I mean, but it's BB-8 and Snap Wexley are are to blame for Last Jedi. Right, let's just set that straight <laughs> right now. Snap Wexley flies the recon mission in Force Awakens to scope out Starkiller base. His is the ship that they're able to track back to Dakar to figure out where the Resistance are. So that's Snap Wexley. They find him in the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie because Snap Wexley. Okay. Boom. BB-8. Not Finn. Not Rose. BB-8 is the one who picks up DJ and helps him steal that ship. BB-8 is the one who brings DJ on board. Finn and Rose, they meet DJ. They're like, mm no, thank you. You are so creepy. BB-8, on the other hand, all for it. So don't come at me with your Poe this, Rose that, Finn that. It's now Wexley, always and forever, and it's BB-8. And uh, listen, that's not a conver- that's not a hill that I'm willing to die on. Is any pro Snap Wexley? Maybe BB-8 once in a while, mm-hmm. but. Um, oh, I love BB-8, but he, I mean, he killed the, the, that blood's on his hands. Um. Yeah, I guess he's got hands. He's got the one where. He, yeah, he got the little lighter. Which I initially thought was him giving the finger, but you know that's that's just giving <laughs> a thumbs up. So I rewatched all these movies, and I part of me wanted to come up with a hot take on every one of them <laughs> to do on this episode. How how how'd that I turn never, out? I never I never oh I never I never got up the energy to think about it anymore. But I will, you know, Last Jedi is always going to be something to grapple with. But he, it really is such a, it can be such a difficult movie to watch because it is all these characters failing. Like it's just, that's a movie that's all about failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like a lot of times, though, you will get in horror movies in particular, um, like at the very end, 
after everyone's victorious, you know, Freddy Krueger's hand will come out of the ground and grab Jason Voorhees' mask, and it's like, oh, but there's a little bit of evil left, bum bum bum, the end, question mark. And watching The Last Jedi this time around, it really felt like the opposite of that, where it's just so much failure, but at the very end, there's just a little scrap of hope, and I'm all, you know, I find myself um, oftentimes very scared of the idea of how much potential like a single disgusting racist on the internet can have to throw everything into disarray or you know how, how much of a ripple a single act of violence can cause in an otherwise peaceful society and things like that that stuff makes me uncomfortable and unsettles me at night but last jedi is is kind of a movie that is the opposite and it's just like even in all of this failure a single act of kindness, a single shred of hope, you know, that can ripple out. The opposite is also true, you know, because I'm always gripped by like, oh, it's so easy for some some act of negativity to derail everything. Mm -hmm. But that movie conversely asserts, you know, what's well, actually also, you know, the, the opposite is true. It's very easy for one act of positivity in a very negative world to, to ripple out. So... Uh, and my hot take on Rise of Skywalker is, I hate, I took the like away, man. That movie, oh my gosh. I can't wait for there to be any other movie that takes place after that, because let me tell you, you re-watching re all the uh -huh. Star Wars movies, having that be the finale is, it's a real bummer. I, real I bummer. loved Phantom Menace this time around, though. Um, Great looking movie. I I mean, we we don't have to rehash. I I enjoyed the last twenty minutes of um, Rise of Skywalker, but yeah, I, I know plenty plenty of people do. It just it, it's not for me. Um, and then also, <laughs> uh, my other big hot take is this is the most I've enjoyed Return of the Jedi since I've had two digits in my age. I think really. Um, and I got, I got, I was really enjoying it. And I got to tell you, you know, I'm watching these Ewoks, and gosh, they just do such a good little job, these guys. I'm just like, Bayano's just like, I'm proud of you guys. You really pulled it off. Good job. Maybe it's because I'm a dog owner now. <laughs> I don't know. But I was like, oh, yeah, you little, you little guy really did so, it. Look so in that um, trilogy of books that explains Snap Wexley, and his mom, Aftermath, Aftermath, there's this character who I think is like the first openly gay character in Star Wars um, in a book. Um, Sloan? No, his name's Sinjur, Sinjur or something. He's a, he's um, an interrogator, so he's in charge of like torturing people for information. And that character mm -hmm. in that book keeps having flashbacks because he was on Endor watching the Ewoks kill all of everybody he knows. So, so, so from his perspective, they're these just like horrific, you know, murderous bears killing everybody. Mm -hmm. um, if I, if I had a star Wars movie, I would bring back Ewoks and it would, I would be, the backstory would be that there was like, small subsect of that tribe of Ewoks who after that battle, they just got the bloodlust. 
And it was just like, they're like, nope, we can't go back to regular life now. We are a bad batch of Ewoks. I would like to see... We are going to become super I'd like to see an Ewok with um, Captain Athano. Yeah, that that would be... You you get one, um, you know, maybe like one of his arms is scorched from a a deal gone wrong. And he has like that... um, that haircut that people have where they're like the, the sides of their heads are shaved, but they got hair up top. That would be tight. Um, let's see. Here's another thing I found that's sort of out of left field, but ties into me replaying Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, there's a story on NPR from a day ago. Um, Whatever happened to the heavy metal Mongolian band called The Who, that's spelled H-U, The Who. In January 2019, NPR reported on a Mongolian heavy metal band whose epic music videos were racking up millions of views on YouTube. Eight months later, The Who released their first album, which blends the screaming guitars of heavy metal and traditional Mongolian guttural singing. And they catch up with this band. This band did a song for Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, really? And when you first meet Calcastus on... Braca at the shipyards or whatever, he's listening to headphones and they, they play a song by this band. And then I think when you end up in that my mild spoilers for Fallen Order, when you end up in that arena, I think they're playing a song over it. Um, while you're fighting in the arena and it's by this band as well. I haven't I haven't sat down and listened to their album yet, the, but I am very excited. The Braca stuff is pretty dope. I would be I mean, we don't have any friends that are linguists, but that would be a really cool episode to do of the different languages because Star Wars is known to be very lazy with their languages where they just pick yeah. like actual languages. Like they yeah. I've I think my um, one of my roommates once told me that, like, in one of the movies, they just speak Tagala, which is what they speak in the Philippines. Right. Nine Nine dub. He just speaks Tagala. Nine I think, or me, yeah, because, because, um, Lupita Nyong'o, um, talking about as a kid recognizing, um, a language she knew while watching Star Wars. Uh, so yeah, that that stuff can get pretty interesting. I'm definitely gonna have to check that band out though. Uh, and then I also, let's see, I mean, just in the interest of catching up, um, while we were moving, I had to move my record collection. Um, I currently have several of them just in grocery bags because I don't have enough room to store them all. My girlfriend asked me, what's the plan for these records? And I said, what do you mean? And she said, you just going to keep getting more or what? Which is why I have not told her that I ordered the 8LP box set of Mandalorian Season 1 soundtrack. But, if any listeners are interested in that kind of thing, the Mandalorian Season 1 original soundtrack by Ludwig Gordonson, 8LP box set, is still available for pre-order on Mondo. So, as of sometime in November 2020, I'll be able to play that Jawa Chase sound on Sweet Sweet Vinyl for you, Pete. Yeah. Yeah. So that was another big Star Wars thing for me in the midst of moving. I literally, and for the record, it went on sale weeks ago. It's still available, but I still had my phone ready the minute it went on sale to buy it like a dork. Um, Pete, do you want to talk about um, your big, 
I don't know. You're, you're, you've, you've been a little upset with social media presence of late. Oh, about... Um, Do you want to touch on that? You've, you seemed um, distressed that nobody else agreed with you on it in, in comments. Oh, okay. I, you're going to have to let, remind me of what you're talking about because I probably just blanked out of my memory of being so mad. Um, uh, somebody using their platform. Oh, I don't know if we... In the midst of a yeah, pandemic. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> like, of the burning bridges, like, this is not what I'm... I, it's not like, you know, we are okay. super, super... Okay. You know what? Fine, whatever. All right, Ashley Eckstein, all right? Um, <laughs> she keeps posting on her Instagram and Twitter all these things of, you know, the, her universe, which is fine, um, but at Galaxy's Edge... So she's going there, mm-hmm. and like that park has been open for. Uh, I mean, she's got her mask on. And yeah, stuff. and but yeah. she's just encouraging people to go there, and it's just like, Ashley, we're in a pandemic. Nobody should be going <laughs> to like any theme park whatsoever. I mean, I don't know what the cases are. Um, I assume that they're trying to keep that as yeah. quiet as possible, but like. I, I I I don't know. This is one of those things where, like, I think it's just more egregious of when I see somebody that has a mask and they don't put it over their nose. I start like seizing up a little, oh, seizing wow. up a little bit. I have not gotten to the point of like, hey, put your mask on properly. I have not said that to somebody yet. But yeah, I haven't quite gotten there. But I've had to go to uh, home improvement stores a lot over the course of this move, and without fail, every time I go to one there's a white guy in there who's just no mask. Yeah, and... Just none. To Star Wars fans' credit, nobody seems to care that Ashley Eckstein is trying to have people <laughs> flock to, Dis- like, Galaxy's Edge. Nobody. Um, they're all just saying how much they love it and <laughs> how they just want to be friends with Ashley. And it's like, you know, I'm not... I'm not trying to bash her other than, like, she's going to get somebody killed... And it's like extremely irresponsible that she's encouraging people to go to a theme park during a pandemic. Now, has she straight up said come to Galaxy's Edge or um, anything like that? I don't have well, Instagram. I honestly I've seen two or three posts. Let's let's give her the benefit of the doubt and say two. Of her at Galaxy's mm-hmm. Edge with a mask showing off her universe merch. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, right. you know, there's like six people in the background here and there. I immediately go to the comments and I'm like, am I going to be the one that has to say this to her? And it turns out I am. Um, oh, oh, but no, instead you say it to me, which is the reason I am bringing it up now so that you will finally have your platform aside from our text messages to get this off your chest. It just... Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, you see these, like, conservative people and they're like, oh, it, this is all a hoax, blah, blah, blah. And you have, like, the Tulsa rally, United States, where, like, so many people got it and Herman Cain died from it. Uh, and then this is, like, the first person that I, like, I genuinely like and I think is a good person who is, like, you were just promoting this very very dangerous behavior in a pandemic mm-hmm. i don't know like mm-hmm. did you tell your girlfriend about this 
I told her you kept oh, texting okay. me about it. I wonder, I'm, I'm curious if she has um, similar feelings. I know that um, people in the medical field also are very cavalier right now because they all know that they're going to get corona at some point. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's quite an interesting time to be alive because it's... I think everybody's got, you know, a little bit. I mean, that's, I don't know. It, there's not, there's not one strong lighthouse, lighthouse, not white house, giving us guidance, you know, like there's not one set of guidelines that there's a strong voice of reason behind that everyone's following. And so I feel like we all have just sort of developed our own headcanon for what this pandemic is and what it means and what we have to do. And so we all have our own little triggers about it and things that we see that, that stick out to us. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, um, probably not a great time to go to a, go to a I have one more thing. Um, and this is kind of our social media policy mm-hmm. from now on. We are no longer doing a full, oh we're, Pete, what yeah, the heck? We are no man. longer doing a follow back policy. Uh, um, you, that's right, we're not. Um, I, God. I have not logged on to our Twitter account for months. I don't even know why I did. Yeah. Well, let me tell you some of the freaking tweets I yeah, saw. Yeah, so, I mean, we. I, on, I did not know you were allowed to post yeah, that. Yeah, so on we're a family friendly podcast. We have since rectified it, and the way that Twitter goes <laughs> is you only see stuff of things that your the people you're following have liked so it was this mm-hmm. smut that was on our um timeline would did not show up on other people's so that's the only like saving grace but um yeah if yeah. you're if yeah. i mean you know we're trying to be friendly um we're gonna do a little bit of a deep dive into your social media presence if you do i mean feel free to follow us um we're below 100 so i don't have to write fanfic right now Oh, um, crap. <laughs> Are we at 99? No, 98. Um, so oh. we're, we're on the downward trend, which I'm completely fine with because I've really, I've, I've not <laughs> come, I mean, I've. Because you had a month to freaking write it. Absolutely not. Um, I watched Stargate Universe and Stargate SG-1. Um, but other than, uh, other oh, than boy. that, um, how, how do you want to end this reunion, Josh? Oh, gosh, I guess it's just been such a wild ride all these 40 years doing this podcast, and we've changed so many lives, including our own, and it's just, even still today, um, I had, uh, I, I heard from um, uh, kind of a newer friend of mine told me, um, yeah, I uh, I don't listen to your podcast, but I did subscribe, so hopefully that helps, and that was very kind of him, um, and then I spoke briefly with an older acquaintance of mine who's someone I've known for a long time. We're not particularly close, but um, we've known each other for a long time. And he was unaware that the podcast even existed. So, Yeah, and um, we're, I mean, we're 30, we're thriving, and we are, we'll, we'll see you at our next reunion. Okay, bye.